In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus' parable of the Great Supper teaches us of the doctrine of election. Salvation does not originate within the heart of man, but within the heart of our merciful God. Consider how urgently the Lord extends his invitation to the banquet. Again and again, he sends his servants out to three different groups of people. First, to those who had already been invited, then to the poor and disabled, and finally to the highwaymen, compelling them to enter. This is an expression of God's earnest desire that none would perish, but that all would be saved. And to that end, God sends out his servants, or as one of my professors would say, his slaves. That is, after all, what a pastor is, a slave of Christ. I speak as I am commanded. I have no authority of my own, yet I come in the name of him who wields all authority. I have no words of my own, yet I am sent out with a message of eternal consequence. And the message that the slaves of Christ carry is the invitation to life everlasting. Come, enter the banquet, for all things are now ready. The message is first delivered to the natural-born sons of God, that is, the people within the church. In Jesus' day, this meant the Jews. Today, it could mean lifelong members whose family name has been on the church rolls for generations. These folks in the parable have known about the banquet for some time. They are expecting the invite, just as all Christians know of and expect the return of Christ. But while they await the final summons, their hearts have grown cold. Love for the world and the deceitfulness of riches have ensnared their hearts. They want to be listed on the church rolls, but they no longer have any love for Jesus. And so they all begin to make excuses. But their excuses are fake. They're lying. We often make false excuses in polite society. Someone invites you to an event and you say, I need to check with my wife, which everyone knows is just a polite way of saying no. When you say this, you know you're lying. You don't actually want to go. The person who invited you knows you're lying, but he pretends to believe your excuse. It's all part of the charade we play in society. So it is with the excuses for not attending the Lord's banquet. I just bought some new oxen, and I have to go try them out. Nobody would ever do this. It's not a real excuse. Imagine waiting to test a new car until after you signed the papers. The same with the next excuse. I just bought a new property, and I need to go see it. Again, that's ridiculous. Nobody would ever do this except maybe super rich people from New York during COVID. And the last excuse is the most half-hearted of all. I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Husbands, don't ever use your wife as an excuse for avoiding God's banquet. Your job is to be the spiritual leader of the home. Tell your wife that the whole family is going to church next Sunday, and she will rejoice to follow your lead. All of these excuses are lies, and everyone knows it. 
The people of God knew about the banquet. They had all the time in the world to prepare, but they chose not to. Whatever excuses they offered, in truth, they didn't go because they didn't want to go. And this, by the way, is the extent of our free will. We don't choose God. We can't choose salvation. God must choose us. He must send out his slaves to invite us. We don't have free will to choose to attend. But having been invited, having been chosen, we do have the free will to reject God and his invitation. Free will can say no to salvation. And if the Holy Spirit didn't intervene in our hearts, every one of us would have made a lame excuse and declined the invitation to eternal life. Thanks be to God for what he does next. The master of the house became angry. Believe it or not, this is actually good news. When those who had first been invited refused to come, the wrath of God was aroused. God gets angry when people reject eternal life. His wrath is tied to his love. He gets angry when people reject his invitation and refuse to enter all joy. So what does the Lord do next? He sends his slaves out to invite those who don't deserve his banquet. In other words, in other words, God invites you. That is, he invites the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. I suppose someone could hear this and take offense. Are you calling me poor, blind, and lame? But why be offended when you can be invited? Why insist on being deserving when God's invitation is for the undeserving? The messenger of the Lord shows up and says, I've been commanded to invite poor, miserable sinners into the banquet of heaven. Anyone here by that description? Don't be offended. Just raise your hand. Yep, that's me. Lost and condemned creature, you found me. But even still, the banquet is not yet full. There's still room. So the Lord sends out his slaves one final time. This time into the highways and hedges. You know what a highwayman is, right? A bandit, a thief. Yes, God invites the poor and the lame, those who have been beaten up by life and our broken world, by sin, death, and the devil. But God also invites really wicked sinners, thieves, adulterers, and murderers, and gossipers. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That's how the election of God works. Moved by his wrath towards those who spurned the invitation and also by his love for the broken, the lost, the maimed, and the really wicked sinners, God compels us to come in that his house may be filled. Have you been invited? Have you been found? Have you been gathered? How did that happen? God 
compelled you. He sought you. He found you. He gathered you. He elected you. So forget any phony excuses you might have made and simply allow Christ to serve you at his banquet. There's one final bad excuse for not coming. Not an excuse that any of the guests in the parable make, but one that sinners often try to make. I will come to the banquet, but first I need to clean up my life. It's easy to think that way if you're one of the blind and lame, or thieves and highwaymen. But listen to the words of the invitation. Come, for all things are now ready. Don't wait until you clean up your act. Don't try to make yourself worthy. Everything that needs to be prepared is already done. Your sins are already forgiven. Christ has already lived the perfect life that you couldn't live. So Jesus says to you, come for all things are now ready. The Lord's Supper is the foretaste of this heavenly banquet. And some people have the idea that they need to stop sinning before they can approach the communion rail to receive the forgiveness of sins. But only sinners have been invited. The good people wouldn't come, and so the invitation has been given to us. Don't wait. Don't make excuses. Jesus bids you come now. Don't try to clean up first. Instead, bring your sins. Bring your shame. Bring your burdens. Bring them in repentance to the altar of the Lord and leave them there. Receive his forgiveness and mercy. Do not delay, but heed the invitation and come, for all things are now ready. In the name of Jesus, amen.